Welcome to Cracks in the Foundation with Tallulah Rose. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to make a quick announcement that I am now accepting commissions. So if you would like me to create you a small acrylic painting or a fine art drawing or an ink drawing, you can click the link in the show notes and it will take you over to my website so you can um, submit your proposal. Thanks for listening. Hello again. <laughs> oh, hi. Here we are. Here we are. Okay. Since you are a registered co-host of the show, <laughs> I thought it would be great to, for you to be the first person I ask on the show um, what creativity means for you. Mm. Thank you. That feels like such a big question. As humans, we are creative beings. Expression is creativity. We are channels. We are quite literally channels. Our bodies are vehicles for creation. And we choose how and when and what with who we create at all times every day. Creativity is life. Creativity is saying yes and it is an opening to allow expression to come through to be transferred, transmuted through the body, through physical form, and made into something else. Creativity happens when an old idea is merged with a new idea and innovation is born. Something new comes through that is expressed in a new way. Wow. (laughs) That was a very deep answer. I love what you said about creativity is saying yes (laughs) that feels very right it almost seems like life is an improv show (laughs) that's what made me think of things we've talked about this multiple times but we view life as an experiment and just testing out different things so if you're into improv or acting you could just go on stage and it's just say yes and see where it takes you obviously safely but (laughs) in the realm of things. I really like what you said. Yeah, I'm just out here riffing, really. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're riffers. Yeah. (laughs) I am the river. (laughs) And follow-up question then. Is there anything that you're doing that feels very creative now and in a creative flow, would you say? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So... I can go in a lot of directions with this. I, When I was younger, I always knew, I had a deep knowing that I was an incredibly creative person. I didn't always know how to channel it. I didn't always feel validated in the fact that I was creative. And so there was a lot of suppression. I suppressed my creative energy a lot. I didn't know it was okay to be creative. I didn't necessarily know how to be creative. I received a lot of programming around what it meant to be an artist and how, and there was a limiting belief that to be creative, 
to engage in creative practices, I had to be an artist. And what I was and who I was didn't fit the mold of what society told me an artist was. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, I wanted to see what was oh. showing up for you right now in creativity, but I like what you did. Thank you. Okay, I'm remembering, let me connect the dots. So the reason why I just shared that whole story with you is because what I'm experimenting with nowadays is seeing my life as a creative practice. Life is a creative practice and we are refining over and over again. And with that, everything I do is creative. The way I speak, the way I use language is creative. The way I collaborate and connect with others is creative. When I write content for my coaching business, that is creative. When I make photos, that is creative. When I frolic in nature, that's creative as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you send great videos in nature. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's very creative spirit. So do you think everyone has creativity in them? Because you said that you had this internal knowing of creativity. Do you think everyone possesses that? Or do you think there is a difference in people? Yeah, I, I believe we're all creative. I do too. <laughs> I think we have this like idea. There seems to be this overwhelming feeling about creativity that it's something that someone has as a gift rather than innately in all of us as human. So I feel like people kind of try to disassociate themselves with creative beings and non-creative beings, even though there's creativity in everything. Like you said, life is creativity. Um, that also kind of tends to this idea of art. I used to have this huge stigma around like I don't want to be called an artist like I don't know if what I do is art and then I sort of identifying that like no me living is the art and my personality is the art because like I've mentioned before like art seems to be an extension of self and I think that is also with that creativity I can't create other people's work and I feel like when people have styles in what they create or even what they do and find create creative flow that is their signature style that's what they it can't be expressed in other people so any kind of artistic nature is is an extension of self and I would love to learn more about your ideas of like getting into a creative flow because I think there's also a lot of stigma around that People have a hard time staying creative. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on creative flow and if there's like any way that you can get back into it. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I see creativity as a channel. Creativity is the channel in which we express. When we express, we all express in different ways. When we express, we are in the creative channel. And the art or the thing that is created is the literal physical manifestation of what moves through that channel. And so getting into a creative flow can look a lot of different ways. 
inspiration is a big key component in tuning into that creative channel in my own practices. And that looks different in different chapters of life. I'm going to sit with it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think a lot of people, especially with creative language, they try to rush everything. I don't know if you've noticed that with things. Um, I'm a person that really, I mean, at least I try to, I try to weigh my words a lot. And I've noticed that today, similar to what we talked about last time with perception and things like that, people have this like fear of not having a continuous creative output. And so a lot of people put that into language and you just hear them talking nonstop and there's no, I think the issue with feeling like you're not in a creative flow is this lack of presence in yourself in that creative flow like you're so out of yourself and you're just trying to be relevant and stay perceived that you just will put everything out so you're not actually giving yourself time to sit with like okay what is creativity for me and how can I put that into practice like one of my friends she puts all of her creativity into cooking I don't I mean, you know me, I don't cook. <laughs> I don't have any desire for that, but that's what she loves. And when I see her talking about that, I'm like, oh, that's just her flow. That's how she gets inspired. And she knows herself so well that she doesn't harp on like, well, is this like art? Is Does this make me an artist? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> like cooking is art. It's an art form, um, just like everything else. So it's an extension of yourself. And I think that's if you start looking at creativity that way, it's easier to step into like shifting from this constant need to create and then instead shifting into like, okay, I'm present with myself. What does myself want to create? And what's that timeline look for me? Hmm. I love that shift you outlined to focusing on kind of the outcome of what the creativity produces, <clears throat> excuse me, to focusing on the creative experimentation itself. And in order to achieve that, there's this element of presence, being mm -hmm. present, present with the self. What keeps coming up for me is this need for space. There needs to be this kind of expansion of space inside for something new to come up, to mm -hmm. be channeled through, to come through in expression. So yes, when there's a lot on the brain, when there's anxious thoughts, when there's burnout, when there are things that feel so out of our control and we keep gripping and we keep forcing and we tr keep trying to make things happen, it can feel more challenging to tap in and tune into a creative channel and to allow that flow. That's a big element there. There needs to be this space for allowing. Mm -hmm. And when things in the exterior world or life circumstances feel really out of our control and there's a gripping, there's less of a capacity to allow. There's not space for it because every fiber in our being is trying, 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 forcing to make things happen. And that, mm -hmm. that makes it really hard to create something new. 
Yeah, I definitely, I definitely hear you. It made me, um, what you were saying about that consistency, it reminded me there's a lot of YouTubers right now that are very burnt out and <laughs> they would post YouTube videos every single day. And now they're like, they feel so much guilt that they're taking long breaks. And these are people that have never taken a break. They're filming every single day and putting out content every day. And I think part of it is just this culture of this constant need for consumption and these things that are pulling us to like, if you're not being perceived every day, you're not relevant anymore and you're not going to be successful. And your worth is always tied to like your relevancy rather than does this make me happy what I'm creating? Um, I mean, I even do it. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> I get into these states of, I get worried about not creating enough, not posting enough, not doing enough um, that I will burn out and then I'll just kind of have that desire to see someone else that's an artist and see their work. And I'm like, oh, I should just create what some, I don't have any ideas. So I'm like, maybe I should just create something that they have. And it's this feeling of like, I'm almost copying them rather than coming up with my own extension of self. Um, where painters from years and years ago, they would take a very long time to paint something and they would put their like care into it. And I mean, I only know from the painting perspective, so I'm curious, do you think that's need to constantly produce existing in most facets of life? Or do you think it's certain creative fields? That's a great question. There's so nuanced, so many nuances there. Mm -hmm. I heard you kind of bring up the duality of consumption and creation and seeing like when you're going so hard and you're creating so much, it you burn out and then you have to stop. It's like the body makes you stop so you can rest and you can have that time for rehabilitation, regeneration to create that space again. I don't think that this theme only shows up in the realm of creativity. I think we see this, I think it shows up a lot very prominently in the realm of creativity because to create is to produce. So even if we look at that word produce, what that brings up for me is produce productivity. So to be productive, to be stressed is something that people wear around like a badge of honor. And so when we are always productive, when we are always grinding, when we are always producing, when we are always creating, that is our perception, our, the general, uh, collective, our <laughs> perception of what success looks like. And it takes a lot of, I don't know if willpower is the right term. It takes a lot of self-knowledge. It takes a lot of discernment to see that and see when those patterns show up for ourselves and to choose to take a step back and say, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. That is actually not going to help me in the long run to tune into that creative channel. 
because society tells us that is what success is. So now I'm seeing kind of this dissonance between being a creative being and nurturing the creativity and what it means to be successful. And so how do we nurture that creativity and then also develop our own definition of success and stay true to that? Like something that comes up for me a lot is can I call myself an artist if no one sees it? But I'm still creating all the time. And you have all these artists that got famous after they passed away. So I'm curious if they felt like they weren't artists because no one saw their work. And they don't know that anyone saw their work, but I still think in their heart, they were like, no, I'm an artist. Like, this is who I am. Um, so I find it interesting today when you can't be that person anymore. Like, I don't think anyone isn't showing their work <laughs> almost like like a math problem or something. Like, it's this weird, if I don't show it, then it doesn't exist kind of thing. Um, so working into this idea of like, can I create something and not show anyone? Can I do something that I love and not share it? And it be still a form of success for me because I'm doing the thing that I love no matter what. <clears throat> and yeah, I've been playing around with that thought a lot um, because I do, like, when I create something, I get so excited. I'm like, I want to share this with people. Like every fiber in my being feels like I need to put this out because it brings me so much joy. I want to. Um, and so I guess moving forward for anyone that feels that way, it's just kind of sitting with yourself and being like, does this feel good sharing it? Or am I doing it out of compliance with society? Mm. Yeah. That's a really helpful prompt for navigating the intention behind the production, the production of a creative thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> a piece of art, being able to step back and give that small and necessary amount of space to inquire within and say, what is the purpose of me sharing? If I didn't share, would I still qualify as successful? Would I still qualify as an artist? Would I still qualify as a creative being? I mean, I think so. <laughs> and how would that change if I were to put this out there and to allow it to be perceived by others? I'm curious to, I don't know if you had a similar experience growing up, but I felt like for a lot of women too, <clears throat> like men get taught to be, keep climbing the ladder and like putting in more hours and things like that. I think women get taught to be like extreme multitaskers um, with this, like you have to sh juggle all of these things in your head 24 seven and people would compliment you and say like, oh, you're such a great multitasker. Like you can, you can take on so much stress. And it's like the science behind that is showing that like multitasking is very bad for your brain, <laughs> your brain function. And then like it deteriorates over time. So yeah, I think taking these societal norms and kind of questioning like, is this actually good for me? <laughs> or am I just getting complimented on something that feels wrong 
And so I keep doing it like a workhorse. Um, and like actually reading the science behind it is kind of helpful. I mean, you've been doing that for a while now. <laughs> you've been like studying and trying to understand like uh, biorhythms like <laughs> and all these things so that you can find this flow that is working with your energy instead of doing what you think you're supposed to do which I really admire in you of like finding that thank you yeah what works for one person won't work for the next necessarily and it really does take patience and it takes a willingness to kind of unravel what has been taught and what has been projected and sometimes there can be a resistance to that because that's very uncomfortable it's very uncomfortable to decide you're going to stop doing what you used to do create space for something new and the reason why that's uncomfortable is because you've never done it before why the hell would it be comfortable <laughs> it doesn't mean it's good or bad or wrong or right but it's uncomfortable and being uncomfortable and being uncertain turns a lot of people off. This brings me back or connects back to the discussion around just what creativity is. Creativity feels like that space in between. Creativity is the space for new potential and new growth, expression that hasn't existed previously in the way that it will, can does now and to have the space for that to riff on what you were saying it takes having that step back being really patient with the process getting curious about that societal programming the norms that don't work for you don't work for your body don't work for your mind don't work for your spirit don't work for the whole integrated system I like what you said. This is a very calming <laughs> time. I feel like this is a calming time. <laughs> We're very calm today. No, I love that. Like whenever I get on a call with you, Jay, like our met, our energies match up so <laughs> well. So we're either like very soothing and calm or we're just like fucking wild people. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, baby, I like to be extreme. <laughs> we only do extremes here. That's it. <laughs> extreme. <laughs> no, okay, that's honestly so funny. Just like a little side tangent. Like, I definitely feel like I'm someone who can have a tendency to be like on one side of the spectrum or the other. Mm -hmm. And part of my life mission is finding that balance, being that balance, because that isn't natural for me. So it's my life task to do that, <laughs> to be in the in-between <laughs> because otherwise I'm like all the way over here or I'm all the way over here. <laughs> so every single time I notice that it's, it's this practice of noticing when I'm trying so hard to control or when I'm like really not doing shit mm -hmm. <laughs> and then being like, okay, how do I bring it to the middle? <laughs> yeah, I do that too where I'm like, either I am a crack baby <laughs> and I'll do things 24 seven. I will just stay up for 24 hours because I get excited about something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, or still staying up for 24 hours, but then I just 
consume content and like we'll read a whole manga which is like 130 chapters <laughs> i need this in my brain and now <laughs> and i have to like research all of the characters why the, <laughs> the artist decided on those character styles like all of these things and i have to i'm like a black hole for information and if it doesn't if it there isn't a constant stream of absorption i go crazy and i and then my body will just like self-combust. <laughs> I totally hear you. I get that. I am so curious because now that you're talking about this stream of consumption and we kind of touched on this a little bit, mm -hmm. I'd love to learn more about how you navigate consumption versus creation. What that looks like for you, how you notice when the scale is tipping from one side to the other. How do you navigate that? And how do you bring it back to center? Do you have a center? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I think number one, don't fight it. <laughs> like your energy is your unique patterning. And if that shows up, like anyone who told you that nine to five is the right way and you're supposed to just put in eight hours of work and you're supposed to just be consistent every single day with the same energy and having emotions is wrong and having different energy spikes is wrong. It's not going to be a healthy life for you. <laughs> um, I mean, the nine to five thing was created for the industrial revolution and it was to get a certain output, a certain amount of like creation of like the factories and things. That's why they had the nine to five. But now today we're not doing industrious work. We're sitting in front of computers and we are doing creative thinking and more we're using a lot more brain power than physical like our bodies like during the industrial revolution and everything we were selling our bodies basically and now we're selling our minds and that's going to look different for energy standpoint and there's a lot of guilt around being tired just for using your mind um but it, it's a muscle just like everything else it's going to get fatigued so for me, I've, whenever I feel that energy highs and things, I just kind of let it flow and be like, okay, what is my heart desiring? Like what section? And I have a lot of different interests. So it's kind of like, do I want to do photography? Do I want to learn music? Do I, do I want to learn or do I want to move something like move energy? And I think learning is absorbing energy in whatever form. And then creating is moving that energy in a different way so when i'm super inspired and have a lot of energy i move as much energy as possible and then when i start feeling like okay my body is kind of slowing down a little bit what can i start absorbing then and i think it's kind of shifting away from i have to create all the time or i have to consume all the time and instead learning like how am I shifting energy? So if you're absorbing energy, make sure it's quality, healthy energy, just like you would with the food you eat. The energy you're absorbing has an impact on yourself. So if you really love a certain kind of energy, like I really love anime, when I absorb that, it fuels me and brings new ideas to myself. And that's how I start moving that energy again. If it's cooking, 
start doing that. If it's just laying down, <laughs> that is also absorbing energy. So I think it's understanding where you are in that little roller coaster of like, or I would view it as a Ferris wheel. Like you're going to the top and then you got to come back down, fill your water bucket up and then go back up <laughs> kind of thing. Like a little windmill. <laughs> I love that. When you said that, when, when you were just saying all those beautiful things, you just said a lot there. And my brain was kind of imploding. <laughs> my cheeks are <laughs> flushed from, <laughs> from all that energy. Ooh, I don't know if that happens to you when I'm speaking something that I'm like, oh, this is important. My cheeks start flushing. <laughs> totally, totally. Yes, yes. I would love to say something that was coming to me when you were sharing all of that is that creativity is the movement of energy. For me, creativity feels like the movement of energy through the body. So maybe that looks like the absorption of energy that is then transformed into the production of energy through the body. And while I love how you were talking about the way energy moves into and out of the body. For me, one way to get into a creative flow is to use my body. They are literally these vehicles to creation. And when it feels stagnant inside, it's hard to be creative. We experience block. A lot of times it, I like to, what I like to do is bring my attention to where I'm feeling blocked and just get curious about how I can take one small action to kind of release that energy. Maybe it looks like jumping up and down and waving my arms in the air. <laughs> like what we like, did before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just get it moving. Literally get your heart pumping. That's how you know the energy is moving. It doesn't have to be super woo-woo or anything, you know? Like yeah. literally get the heart going. Take some deep breaths. Walk around the block. Oh, I want to touch on something else you said. You were mentioning how sometimes you get these creative highs and you're producing a lot, you're creating a lot. And then sometimes you go into consumption mode, absorption mode, and seeing that it doesn't have to be one or the other. You mentioned mm -hmm. creating time to rest, to literally lay on the floor. This is something I've been getting curious about. Doing nothing. It is hard to do nothing. Very hard. <laughs> hard to receive rest. And something that was coming up for me was maybe even when I'm doing nothing, I'm still actually doing something. Because to do nothing is to create the time and space to do nothing. It is to literally lay and to stare at the ceiling. It is to receive. It is to allow space to receive. It's Rest. almost like a void kind of thing. Yeah. Can you talk more about that? I'm not really sure where I wanted to go with that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I like what you said about like it's hard to just rest and I think we take for granted what rest is supposed to look like and we like to compare ourselves to like the great the great creatives um like all the famous painters and the best writers like Hemingway and Fitzgerald and all these people they had nothing to do <laughs> like they didn't have phones they did not have 
TV. Well, maybe they had TVs then, <laughs> but they didn't have anything to consume. And so now we are in a hyper consumption society. So even when you think you're resting, you're probably consuming something. And unless you're very conscious of that, you don't actually feel that rest that your body needs. And I know one person who was a writer, he just didn't, he didn't buy internet. He didn't get cable for a whole year. And he only used his computer to write. And if he needed the internet, he would go to a coffee shop. And that gave him space from consumption so that he was only with his computer. Because let's say your creative production or experimentation is through writing. When you're on a computer, all of the consumption is right there. So you can immediately switch off if you're starting to get self-doubt and all this thing, all of these things. Um, so yeah, I think it's being aware of how much you're actually consuming and being conscious of what you consume. It's kind of easier for an artist um, because like I can shut off my social media and if I want to consume consciously, I can just go to an art museum. But if you're doing something that's more obscure in creativity and more just like in your beingness, that's a little bit more nuanced, <laughs> I think, to be more conscious. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think it's important to understand that for yourself. Totally. What do you think is just a really practical, simple tip for people? They want to start noticing their their habits of consumption and their habits of creation. What is a simple and practical tip for them to notice that? And then to maybe shift out of consumption a little bit and a little more into creation. Yeah. The first thing I would identify if you're, if you feel very stuck in creativity and just being in flow kind of thing, I would first identify your vehicle for creativity. Um, there's a million tools out there and they all are can be used creatively. I think, and I also would say that like your creative vehicle changes over time. It used to be dance for me, but now it's painting and maybe tomorrow it'll be photography or the next day it'll be learning piano. I don't know, <laughs> but I think being open to like that vehicle changing and knowing like you don't have to stick with one thing um, is really important. And the next thing I would say is utilize your phone telling you how much time you're logging. Um, like you can go on Instagram and it tell you your daily average and like how many hours you're spending and start seeing like, okay, if you put, you can put a timer on Instagram to say, okay, only do 30 minutes a day. And then it'll give you a timer and see if you're willing to part with that after the 30 minutes or if you feel the urge to keep going. Because um, I think if you feel the urge to keep going, then it's kind of, you're not facing something. So I would start there. Do you have any practical tips for that? Yeah, I, I love that. I believe using the phone as a tool is a really great place to start. And even just noticing when you're going on to Instagram, 
if you're someone who notices you just scroll and scroll and scroll or you know stories tap 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 not even watching (laughs) then you can make a really simple change there Uh, what you can do is you can go through your followers start unfollowing people anyone who doesn't feel inspiring to you anyone who you know that's jim from high school don't really give a shit, but sorry, Jim. <laughs> yeah, no offense to gyms out You're there. Cut. That's my brain. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm literally just like start on following people. And you know, if they have a problem with it, if they come at you, see like, yo, like just no. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I mean there's a way to like handle that if that brings up anything. But you are a sovereign being, you can choose to unfollow people and just like be super aware, be conscious about who you're letting into your space on social media. You can choose, you can unfollow people, you can go through uh, the explore page and you can intentionally find people or accounts that look really inspiring to you. uh, Ones that get you curious about wanting to explore your own creativity and just really bring your awareness to that. Put a timer on. Say, hey, every day at 5.30 p.m., I give myself 20 minutes to just consume without any parameters. And maybe you're consuming Jim's content because you just need that time to zone out. That's maybe fine. he actually makes you happy. You don't know. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to stop talking about Jim. No <laughs> but definitely that. And then something a little more advanced okay it's not advanced but it's going to take more energy yeah (laughs) something i do with my clients is help them and empower them to build a creative flow practice into their weekly schedule so that includes time blocking actually creating the space at least once a week to give one to three hours where you go into your creative flow and like you said tolly you want to identify what the vehicle for that creation can be. Maybe you love trail running. Maybe mm-hmm. you love playing a musical instrument. Maybe you just want to write poetry. Maybe you want a hula hoop. I don't know what you Hell do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like all of those things. You want to you want to choose one thing and you know, it could fluctuate from week to week, but you want to give yourself that amount of time consistently to experiment. Another way you can look at and define creativity is curiosity in motion. What are you naturally curious about? What what naturally makes you like feel like you want to explore and learn more about yourself in the process of that exploration? So you go into this creative flow process with absolutely no expectation of what is going to be produced, what is going to come out without any expectation of sharing it with anyone. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about early on in the conversation. It's literally for you. It's -hmm. for no other reason than to explore what it feels like to get into a creative flow. And let me give you a little bit of a definition of what flow is, because this is a lot of what I do in my coaching program right now. Yeah, please. Flow is an optimal state of consciousness where we feel and perform at our best. So when you enter a flow state, motivation boosts, creativity boosts, 
And why that's happening is because there are five crucial neurochemicals that actually fire in your brain. So you go into an altered state of consciousness. And if you can implement this creative flow practice once a week, one to three hours, you can actually get acclimated to living from this space, this state of consciousness. And you can see how that state of consciousness can overflow into other areas of your life. Before you know it, you're going to be chopping onions. You're in a flow state. You're like out to dinner with a friend. You're in a conversation. It's mentally stimulating. You're just flowing. You're in it. And you're like, oh, this feels so good. (laughs) That's creativity. Yeah. I love what you mentioned about getting curious. Um, I think another practical tip for everyone is to like take your creativity and transition it into experimentation um, because being creative is just a science, you know? <laughs> yes. Scientific people, <laughs> math brains, whatever you want to call it, you're creative too. Most like doctors and things, they, um, they're multidisciplinary. So they will do like medicine or something and then they'll play guitar or they'll be a surgeon and they'll also also be a painter or a pianist or something like that because there's there's something that is so distinctly similar between creativity and science it's just being curious (laughs) yes I love that another thing that comes up for me in what you're saying about being multidisciplinary and seeing similarities between being a pianist or being a surgeon is it's pattern recognition when we're in a flow state pattern recognition goes up and it's being so in tune with those patterns that you know <laughs> you're just riffing you're riffing with life man <laughs> yeah we love riffing um, okay wait I'm so curious um when you think about yourself in a flow state create a flow state what does that feel like maybe Maybe when you're in it, but also when you kind of exit it, because living in flow sounds great, but like, it's not sustainable to do it 100% of the time. So tell me about what it's like when you kind of, you've had your state and then you kind of exit it. What is the feeling after that? This is a great idea for you (laughs) with your, with your clients and things. We can call it, um, getting out of flow graciously. (laughs) That was just the horrific um I think one knowing that I'm not meant to maintain any sense of consistency (laughs) in my energy um number two to get out of flow state I move into the space of getting curious about but about different things um For me specifically, it's getting curious about learning. I think when I'm in flow state creatively, it's getting curious about experimentation and like creating something. Um, And then when I start feeling that shifting, I'm like, okay, what can I learn? Or what am I interested in reading about? I think reading is really powerful. And also like going off of what we've talked about, about like sleeping or laying on the floor I try to like give myself a 10 minute timer and just lay down and sometimes I can't do it sometimes I'm just so like buzzing that it doesn't help it's kind of like coming down from this like roller coaster high like 
you just kind of have to sit and know that like what you just did was enough <laughs> and you don't have to push yourself even more. I think when you start feeling that come down, it just needs to be like, okay, I'm going to step away from this thing and then I'm going to transition into learning and knowing that that absorption will fuel me in the future and knowing that there's no timeline for your creation, I think is important. Yeah, I love that. For me, that's where the importance of setting yourself a timer for whatever you can fit into your schedule, whether, okay, you can practice creativity in 10 minutes. You don't actually need a whole hour. However, if you set that timer and you just like let it flow for that amount of time and then you turn it off and you say, all right, that's it, I'm done. And what you said, like that is enough. And something that I've noticed is the more that you like use time as a tool for measurement, your perception of time totally shifts. Using time as a tool for creativity, when you start creating with time, like using time to usher that creativity through you, I suppose I'm just saying that feels a lot different than when you spend your time consuming. Yeah, I just I, that's fascinating to me. You're more conscious of it. Um, you also did ask me what flow feels like. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm curious what it feels like for you too after, but um, yeah, it really feels like the sense of nothingness um, for me thoughts are continuous but when I'm in that flow state it just kind of like shuts off and I just have this like deep sense of trust in myself and I don't have to like there's no seeking external validation there's no feeling of being perceived there's no self-doubt it's just like this is what I'm doing kind of sense um even like when you and I talk a lot in certain situations like I've mentioned that I kind of just black out I still perceive time, but it's more like this conscious nothingness. So it's kind of this like energized nothing. What is it for you? Energized to nothing. (laughs) Time is one of my favorite collective delusions. Yeah, I can totally relate a lot of the things that you said. Perception of time totally shatters. It changes. (laughs) It moves and grooves as I do too. And I'd say sense of purpose, general sense of purpose as a human just increases. Just in beingness, in existing, that feels like purpose to me. So when I'm in flow state, there's no, what is my purpose? It's just like, here I am, I'm flowing, it's happening. (laughs) That's a big one for me. Um, Deep presence, deep inner peace, contentment. No desire to be elsewhere. No desire to be outside of myself. Self-esteem heightens. And I'd say when flow state ends, I feel rewarded. And that's actually another cool fact about being in flow and being out of flow. When you go into flow, motivation, creativity, self-esteem, sense of purpose, all these things literally do increase. And then when you exit flow state, you still have an increased level of self-esteem, increased level of creativity, increased level of motivation, even though you're not in that state of consciousness anymore. So you might not be actively creating, but you leave the state with those feelings. It's almost like you enter the state like a baseline, 
And every time you enter the state, that baseline increases just a little bit. And it spikes when you're in the state. When you leave the state, it comes back down, but the baseline has increased. So that's why it's it's so valuable to create and to practice consistently. So those are all things I truly do experience when I'm in flow state. And when I leave it with grace, I love that getting out of flow with grace. I feel a sense of peace. I feel a sense of acceptance. I feel a sense of trust in myself. I feel a sense of excitement and inspiration. And just like, ooh, I did that. Sick. Next I love what you, oh, <laughs> I love what you said about um, not worrying about your purpose. And I think the flow state is this, it's knowing, it's kind of like stepping into this knowing that you're, existence is the purpose (laughs) rather than seeking it Um, so i would say flow state is no longer seeking anything and i think it's difficult to enter that when all you've been taught your whole life is that we're meant to seek everything and i think consumerism kind of heightens that feeling of well we have to fix something (laughs) we're not enough just as we are and that plays over into like our creativity and just being and like there's a lot of fear about creating in whatever capacity that is for you so I think another takeaway yeah would be like sitting with yourself for 10 minutes like setting a timer and also literally doing nothing and also writing down like your feelings towards creativity your feelings toward being alone too. I think loneliness is this fear of not being perceived. So I think a lot of us are afraid to go into flow state because we are afraid that we're not going to be accepted. Like if we, there's a sense of isolation with flow state for me, at least not in a bad way. It feels very good, but it's just like this little vacuum of being (laughs) in oneness. Like you're aware of everyone, but you're also just by yourself. And I think people kind of fear that um, being by themselves now. So yeah, just love being by yourself. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, there's so much merit in what you just said. And that's part of it. Okay. I'd like to say for anyone who is feeling nervous or resistant, or maybe is noticing some fears coming up around experiencing a state where they are so in their own selves, so invested and engaged in their creation, in their flow. While that might seem uncomfortable, um, there is also this possibility of finding a sense of peace. And when the perceived ego and the perceived self falls away, you might actually be surprised with what you find there in a sense of how you feel. It feels good. It might feel really good. What if you felt so amazing? What if you felt so purposeful in your beingness? What if you felt so calm? What if you felt so in harmony with the world around you? I like it. I think this is a good time too, so that you can 
just mention a little bit about what you do and like what you offer people um, because you do offer a lot and you help people move that energy. Mm, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So Jamie, Jamie Lynn here. <laughs> I am a coach and what I do is I support fellow online creatives and digital nomads who are burnt out to master their energy, to optimize their lifestyles so they can operate in their passions with a greater level of clarity and on purpose. And what I'm building right now is my 90-day program. It's called Embody Flow Method. And if that's something you feel curious about, if that's something you want to learn more about, I invite you and I would be honored if you found me on Instagram at Jamie Lynn Coaching. And I love connecting with people. So that's my invite to you. Check out my content. I do a lot of different things. Yeah, you do. I'm trying to think <laughs> of like a graceful way to like plug this right now. I think that's a great plug. Go check out Jamie Lynn Coaching. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I would and, say connection is also creativity mm. and that just made me think of that when you mentioned that yeah. that you love connecting I think for you that throat chakra that connection it's all part of that creative flow so even if like talking to people doesn't seem like creative just know that it's it is very much creative <laughs> so, building so. bridges you know mm-hmm. don't burn them down nope. <laughs> except with Jim from Instagram <laughs> I mean, like, if you want to burn a bridge, burn that bridge. <laughs> burn that bridge, Jim. <laughs> Do you have any closing remarks, closing tips, closing? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for having yes. me. I love chatting with you. I love flowing with you, D. I, you know, that's all I got. I feel like I said a lot of things. I think this is when we graciously move out of flow right now. I'm feeling so rewarded. I'm done. Yeah, I think our bodies are done. And I think that's important to notice in yourself. This is a real world example of moving out of creative flow. Yes, I'm over it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not over it. I'm just, okay. Accepting. <laughs> the wheels turning downwards right now um yeah that's where we will end it thank you so much jamie lynn um find her on jamie lynn coaching and i will talk to you next time